the Comic Corner. I'm your host, as usual, Team Up, and as usual, joined by Dad. What's up, What's Dad? Up? Uh, this week we are here talking about Day Tripper. Uh, it's really good. Very it delightful. Made me cry a little bit, uh, and we're gonna get into that in a minute about how uh, I was a little baby back bitch. Uh, but first. What's some cool shit you read this week, Dad? Uh, let's see. No, I finished up all the Empire stuff. That was fun. I, I, was, I saw like a bunch of like the Empire Fallout, Fantastic Four, and all this other stuff. I mean, what was the big change that's not really a change to the status quo? Uh, I mean, it's there's a pretty significant change. So it's like the end of the war, and then like the party afterwards is how I would call it. And the end of the war happens in the Avengers issue. And then the Fantastic Four is like the next steps because it is like the ending of the Kree Skrull War, which has been going on for, you know, like I guess like ever, for lack of a better yeah. term. Eons. Yeah. And so, like, that's moving forward. But like the Kotati could still come back. And they've already done like a flash forward where, like, you know, this empire is going to go down due to some bullshit going on with Alpha Squad or an organization that comes post alpha squad because uh, uh, the leader just quit. She's got the red, the green hair. I can't remember her name. I should have looked this up. Alpha flight or alpha squad. I'm pretty sure it was alpha squad or I don't know. One of those two. I would say alpha flights, like the Canadian Avengers, although it's not cause Oh no, it's gamma flight. That's got like Creed Creole and some other fucking idiots. Yeah. They're, they're big in the immortal Hulk. Yeah. Abigail Brand. Yeah, it's Alpha Flight. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because that was the, the more known, I guess. But yeah. interesting. So yeah, uh, Brand has quit, and she's like the leader of this new thing that might be the reason for the downfall of the Empire. Um, so it's, you know, so, you know, just some casual uh, what goes up must come down, etc., etc. Interesting. And then I read the new Nightwing. I didn't read that. I only read one thing today that came out this week, and it was fucking Trinity Crisis, and it was so... I mean, it was really fucking good, but it's just one of those things where you're like, what do you mean the story just stops here? Are you fucking serious? Like, what What do you mean it just... What is going on? It's so, yeah, it's one of those, oops, gotcha, and then they stop. I mean, that's great storytelling. Um, I did read that. Fucking... Well, the whole thing, I saw a post from uh, Scott Snyder the other day where he's just like, so... This, like, isn't in the actual, like, main series, but, like, it really should be. So you should definitely read this if you actually care about this event. Uh, he's like, we'll go over what happened in it real quick in, like, the fourth issue of the of Metal or Death Metal. But, like, it's probably better that you read this. It was an event. Yeah. Wait, so you did read it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I can't get me enough of that metal. Uh, yeah, I just need it all. It's like, I don't know, it's getting to that point where I feel like it's starting to drag. I mean, there's something coming every month about it. Or yeah, every every month. I don't, Sorry, every was, week. What was the death metal last week? I didn't... Uh, I think last week was one of the only one, weeks where there isn't something about it coming out. All right, well, maybe... Because when you, when you look at the release schedule, it's like a lot. Like, boom, 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 a lot of tie-ins. I think the Justice League stuff starts next week. Nice. If it didn't start, yeah, I think issue 53, I think is what it starts. The uh, Although it's DC, so it really should have started on issue 52, and that's just poor planning on them. I mean, you know, are you sure? 
Well, because, you know, 52 is like DC's like magic number. There's the 15, 52 universes in the multiverse and all that nonsense. And no, I get it, but yeah, I get it. There's 52 multiverses in the omniverse. Yeah. But, you know, it was sick watching Superman try to use X-ray vision and then accidentally, like, use his heat, like, his laser beam eyes was pretty awesome. Pretty funny. Yeah. And uh, all those Batman Dark Knights were fucking crazy. There's, I can't believe how many different versions they can come up with. The chemo one is the funniest to me. Which one was that? The, it's like the Chirobacter or whatever. It's oh, like I saw the, that. The giant green blob, Batman. So chemo is basically uh, a character from like super early in DC comic books. And it's basically just a sentient uh, pollution blob that okay. like has like a, a, a device called a responsometer in its head. That's what makes it sentient. It's very, it's very ridiculous that now that there's a Batman version of it. Uh, and also the arc. That was another very strange Batman. I like that one. Like the Batman that became the Scarecrow kind of. But keep well, he, be- he became every uh, inmate in Arkham. Yeah, essentially, he like kind of became fear itself in a weird way. Right, because he was well. Because if you saw his like, he was wearing the scarecrow mask and hat, but he was cro- like he had Killer Croc skin for his face. Yeah, and he threw the cards. Like, um, I can't remember his name, but like, there's a bad guy who peels uh, his like playing cards tattooed all over his body, uh, and he peels them off and throws them. Like that's his power. Hell of a power. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like crazy razor stuff. It's wild. And I'm also super bummed that uh, Jonah Hex, I mean, he better come back and be more of a character in this because he was a good one. Uh, he did blind a dragon with milk. So. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Pretty impressive. But yeah, I, I mean, Jonah Hex doesn't really fare all that well. I mean, you know, I'm sure they'll figure something out. It's yeah, that's true. Better. He'll be like, it. Nothing matters. It's all for story. Dude, the Robin King. He's got a. He's got a solution for everything. I'm glad that uh, he made that. She's like, you think I'm dark like a bat, and really on the inside, I'm singing like a robin. You're like, oh, it's like, oh, he's so fucked up. Oh, that's so good. It's so good. Uh he was. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm excited <laughs> to see how that plays out. Just like the most twisted version of Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Exactly what that was. Um, but all right, let's 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 get down to this. Day Tripper, what'd you think? Oh, I mean, it was a wonderfully surreal good time. Like, it was like a weird feel-good story littered with, like, death. I mean, it's a story about life, but you can't have a story about life that's not also about death. Yeah, are you really, are you quoting the last issue right now? Yeah, yes. I I was going to say, like, I just read that. It's either the last issue or, like, the first issue. Yeah, I mean, it comes full circle like that, but it was, um, yeah. It's it's really good. I wish I'd given it, I had more time to, like, sit in. Like, this this deserves a second and third read. Yeah. So, I mean, the way I I described it to you uh, when I pitched, I was like, we should do this for the pod, was... So it's a book where the main character dies in every chapter. Yeah. At the, at the end of every story, yeah. the character dies. 
Exactly. And you're just like, what? And it's like, yep, but it's ignored in uh, in every chapter subsequently after it. It's ignored and just written off as a near-death experience. Yeah. Which I think is like the coolest way to do it. And each one, each chapter is him at a different age, like 21, 28, 36, 42. And then the weirdest one was Dream. Because each chapter is like chapter 11. Or chapter, because chapter 11 is Dream. But whatever, like... I've only got issue 10. Oh, maybe 10 is Dream. Um, but either way, is there only 10 issues? I've got, I've got 10. I thought it was 12. I mean, I, you know, I'm not the best at counting, so. Well, I mean, this is important if there are. I mean, I don't think you missed any chapter. Well, missing the end would be pretty pertinent. Yeah. Chapter 10 is when he's 76. That's the last chapter. Yeah, so, all right, I was going to say, there are 10 issues. So chapter 9 is the dream chapter. Where it just is literally like... Oh, it's him, him on the... Uh, yeah, just going through. Yeah, where it starts with him as a young man at the bar, and then all of a sudden he's waking up on a plane, uh, and so on and so forth. And it's just, that was super weird. Um, the thing I really liked about a lot of these stories was especially the uh, the truck driver one. Yeah, where, that one was real weird. I where, like, like, you knew yeah. that guy was going to fuck someone up. Right, and it's just like a truck driver at the beginning at, the, at a diner somewhere being like, whatever, you know, I'll be awake, I'll be fine. And then all of a sudden it cuts away from that for the rest of it. Oh, that's the one with the plane crash too, right? Yes. Yeah, so then it cuts to, like, a large plane crash, and then uh, the char- like the main character, Braz, is just, like, trying to find his friend who may or may not have been in this car crash, and then he hears from him, and he goes to drive to find him, and then just taken out in the middle of the night by, like, that was, a lot of the deaths that he suffers in this are just the, Unforgiving. Like, the worst fate. Uh, murdered by your friend in a desert, for example. Yes. Uh, that was great that issue. Was it was graphic. <laughs> that one was super brutal. In a murder-suicide. Yes. Um, or like the, when he's, uh, a, like I think he's eight, and he goes to grab the kite. Yep. He, when came, he, the he, brought, he brought light into this world when he came, and he, le- and he brought light into this world when he left, too. It's such a dark joke. Yeah. Well, because, like, he, it's just like, well, he went up, like, electricity all popped, basically. Like, he lit up like a light bulb before he died. I don't know. I'd have to reread the line on that. I don't know if it was intended to be taken that way. I think it was more like he, he, went, out with a, he went out with light, like, came in. I don't know. I don't know if it was uh, supposed to be a joke. I have it right in front of me. He was like a flame of joy flickering in the wind on a candle that burned too fast. No one experienced the thunder that came uh, to silence such beautiful lightning. And with light, the miracle was gone. Yeah, uh, that's, like, fir- that's incredibly sad. Yeah, and then the first one is with light he came. The first line on that page. Yeah, all right. Maybe I just misinterpreted when you were like, you read it as a joke. 
No, 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 no. I don't necessarily think it was meant to be a joke, but it's like a really, it's kind of a dark joke. Yeah, uh, I guess. But, all right, so I guess what we haven't really said is like, who is Bras? So let's talk about him real quick. What is his, what is his full name? Bras de Olivia... Bras de Olivia Domingos. Yep. Um, and he is the son of a writer, uh, a famous writer, and he writes obituaries. And depending on what chapter you're reading, he may or may not have written a book as well that made him famous. Yeah, so the, throughout the story of uh, Bras's life, like he lived through, was an obituary, obituary writer at first, then because of that airplane crash, he wrote so many of them and he brought comfort to so many families that he gained the confidence to write his first novel, which then translated into multiple novels. And then he lived a, a long and happy life, but he died. Every, it was like every time he found out the meaning of life, it was the end of a new life or the end, the beginning of a new life or the end of his current life. I mean, that could be one way to look at it. That's how I took this. Cause like even it's the big thing is right at the end. It's in the note that his father leaves them. It's like when this it, having children is like the end of life that you can control in your life, your life now belongs to them. And then it's like, he, the kids are gone. When he was a kid who discovered family and there was bigger things going on, that was the end of a certain sense of innocence, the start of a new life. You know what I mean? Like these were like, they, these are existential deaths in, in a way. Yes. Yes. And I mean, that's definitely how more, some of them more than others, like very much. Yeah. Like. Oh, some of them are just straight up. He had a fucking heart attack. Yeah. Oh, dude. I, again, so that's the one that, oh, like I said, it made me cry almost of just like him, uh, like going to the hospital with his wife because his wife is in labor to have their first son. And while he's there, he runs into his mother and she's, he's like, why are you here? Like, I didn't call you and tell you we were here. Why are you here? And then she tells him that his father died. Yep. Like, and she tried to call him, but he must have been on the way to the hospital. And yeah. And then he misses the birth of his son because his mom forces him to go out for something. And no, then it's his, uh, his wife asks that she gets Amelia, which is like the little doll. Oh, yes, yes. The doll, yeah. And in the meantime, when he's getting that for his For his wife. wife the son is born yep and then when he uh leave and then his mother forces him to leave again to go get a gown that he wore when he was a child from the house and then he dies in the exact same spot that his father dies of the exact same death like they both have heart attacks on the floor of the father's study and it's Just actually like a day and a half apart yeah, and I think it's also um, what's fascinating is because of that heart attack, he never got the envelope that was in the book on the desk, which is his first novel that right. he then, which is given to him by uh, his son at the end. Yes. Like he almost had it in his hand. Yep. I think he even picks up the book. Yeah. That's, that's a, George the Friend is like a great character. And. I wish he was in it more, but those that the friendship chapter where he goes, you know, he goes looking for him and he finds him in the desert, like like we said earlier, is 
like a lot of that rang a lot of that chapter rang true about like friends that I grew up with that I no longer speak to or don't talk to or anything. So what you think they're gonna call you down to a desert and then stab you in the chest? There's definitely one or two of them who like I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they tried to lure me into that. If given the opportunity. Yeah. Um but also I mean George is clearly having a serious breakdown. Yeah, he uh, fought, had fallen upon some rough times. And just like a murder-suicide was he also, like, when they're talking in that chapter about all he ever did was sit at, uh, sit at the bar and write postcards, and then you see all the postcards scattered around the floor of the shack. Yeah, and he's like, did you get him? Yeah, it's, that is brutal. That is a sad life. Ugh. So do you think, like, I mean, he was probably planning to kill himself anyway, but do you think that he thought uh, Bross was getting those postcards and then not writing back? Maybe. He just seemed delirious. Oh, that's certainly the case at the end. I, like, can't tell. Like, but, and they don't really talk about, like, what caused it. Uh, despondency? Like, clearly that... Because uh, he was supposed to be on the airplane that crashed, so that just fucked with him. And it seems like it just spiraled. Yeah. That's... The way she goes, boys. Yeah, right? You know, uh, madness, as they say, is like gravity. All it takes yeah, is a little say, push. What were some of your favorite parts and chapters of this? Oh, God. Um, I mean, the, the last one really got me. The dream one was really fun because of how surreal it was. Um, I really like the one with the woman in Rio. Ah, uh, yeah. I really like that because, like, the, those final pages still like confuse me. Is like, did he, did he fall out of the boat at the end, or did he drown when he was almost drown when he was talking to her earlier? Um, the way I viewed that one is almost like a he was like a supernatural, like a sacrifice to a supernatural entity. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's also another way to read it. Uh, especially because before that issue, like before when he goes down to the beach and there's the guy on the beach who says she's waiting for you, he's like got a weird after ghost on him yeah, the whole time. He's got that wisp. Um, yeah. But that's all, yeah. Uh, see, that, that's the fun of this. And like, it's just, this is a great piece of, we're, we're going to go academic. This is a great piece of magical realism. Yeah, that was the wildest thing for me. And, uh, yeah, there's so much going on. I love it. There's so many different ways to read it. Like I said, the way I see that is, like, yeah, he was, because she even looks like the girl that, uh, in the boat earlier in that chapter. What do you mean? Um, in the dream that he has. Yeah, the goddess. Yeah, she looks like the goddess. Yeah, I think that's kind of intentional. Right. Also, I really liked uh, the painter, like the parallels to that painter that they were talking about, uh, where he's got like 260 portraits that he paints, and they're all named Lola. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good uh, Shlomo. Shlomo, which, what a name. Yeah, what a name. But he called none of them his wives, right? They were all his lovers. Yes, yes, he never got married. <laughs> They were all his lovers, and they all still loved him afterwards, too. Like, 
feverishly, I believe they say. Right. And that was where he uh, ended up meeting who would be his second wife or second lover, great lover. Yes. So, like, let's tap into that big old uh, writer brain of yours. What are some, like, cool themes that uh, we that got explored in this other than, you know, death? Family. 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 No, dude, this is, I mean, it's all about, it's kind of the stories of generations, you know? He takes over from his father. He talks about it in the end where he inherited two, two things he thought as curses, like writing, uh, two addictions he thought as curses, writing and cigarettes. When in reality, by the end of his life, he ended up seeing them as inheritances. And right. like, so, you know, he had the heart attack in the family home, specifically in the room. His father had one and then died in. Like, his son moves into his grandmother's house, and his daughter chooses his sister's room, and, you know, his son's son chooses Bross's old room. Right. And he's like, it's crazy how that works out. He's like, yeah, it's family, homie. Like, they just know. And then so what it is, like, it kind of reminded me of uh, – it's going to sound really awful, but like that uh, 100 Years of Solitude where it's all about the Buendia family. It's a, it's a great novel. I'd highly suggest it. But like there's some names in here like Aurelia, which kind of threw that because Aurelio, Aureliano rather, is a, a generational name within the 100 Years of Solitude. But like just the story of family and it all staying together, like it shows how important he is, you know, important family is in the big um, the kite episode episodes right. uh chapter yeah because like that's what brought us all together and he always liked the rain because it brought the family closer together yeah and there's even it even touches on that later yeah um it's the one where he dies uh it's the chapter that he's not in where it's his wife and his son when he dies abroad yeah when he died yeah he dies uh, on his book tour yeah it was the first time he found out he had tumors <clears throat> Which you'd think, wouldn't they catch that when he had the heart attack like a year before? Uh, maybe he didn't have the heart attack. Yeah. So many ways to read it. Because they, yeah. they don't really, like, they just barely touch on certain things and just are like, oh, it was a near-death experience. Do they ever explicitly even state that? No, they don't. They just, say. Like, they just kind of reference it as if it was like a, a thing. And I think they only reference one or two things in this like that come back later in like older chapters yeah i only it's not a it doesn't reference itself very often no the the big event that like they continue to talk about is the the airplane crash yes that one we know did happen yeah that one is that's a wild one so, uh, you know, this is fucking awesome. We'll just go over, I mean, we can sit here all day and pick up this apart like we would love to do and have done on multiple books. But I don't, this is one of the few books that I don't want to ruin certain things. I want people to read it and feel it. Yeah, I like the art. Like, it reminded me of the Lemire, but not nearly as bleak, obviously. Yeah. Which was also a weird story about family. Right. Like I saw, um, I saw some quote. It was like, it's the, this day tripper is up there as the best of comics because it takes a series of short stories, but asks really big questions. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, yeah, this is one it's, I mean, it's, it's a very complex story. Yeah. It's one linear story told, told in almost like dream logic. Yeah. Exactly. Specifically the dream episode. 
And the fact that it was printed by Vertigo is hilarious to me. Uh, Why is that? Because it's just, it's like a DC, it's, it's, a D, it's a DC book. Oh, yeah. I, do, I mean, I'm on the Wikipedia and it's Day Tripper DC Comics. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Well, there's a ton of stuff called Day Tripper. But. Yeah, like the Beatles song. That's how I knew Day Tripper. Yeah. This book won so many fucking awards in like praise. It's awesome. Yeah. The Eisner, uh, the Harvey, and the Eagle Award. Yeah. The Life of Mind book in 2014 at uh, University of Tennessee, Knoxville. There you go. It's a, uh, oh, it's, it's the reading. It's basically the book that they make every first year student read. Interesting. Oh, yeah. So okay. in 2014, uh, the University of Tennessee made everybody read this book. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and the two brothers and the guys who wrote it are brothers. They're, they both wrote and illustrated the whole thing. Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. Yeah. Uh, they're very interesting dudes. I actually had the opportunity to meet them during a video conference I was doing for work one day. Uh, that's actually how I got the book and read it was because I was, I basically did a favor for a professor in doing that. Um, and he was like, do you want my copy of the book? And I was like, yeah, yes, I absolutely would love your copy of this book and I will read it. And it was awesome. Um, but yeah, I, we video conferenced them in from Brazil. And they're twin brothers. Fabio is known for his work on Casanova. I don't really know that book very well. But uh, Gabriel Ba worked on the Umbrella Academy with the, uh, um, Gerard the, Way. When he was a child, his dad took him to the parade, that guy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, the other, well, he's the other half of the Umbrella Academy, gotcha. which is a, a really good fucking show on Netflix. But yeah, these guys are just very... Very strange. They've got like a lot of stuff. Oh, Fabio. Uh, they both worked on the BPRD, which is kind of funny. Ursula, Two Brothers, Umbrella Academy, Pixu, Becky, Casanova. They don't have a huge... Outside of this one. Like bibliography. Oh. I know they've got other stuff. I just don't know why it's not in here. Because I've read like... I feel like I've read maybe not superhero comics, but like something with them in it. It's very, like, one of those, like, they very clearly were doing it just to keep put uh, put food on the table, not because it was a passion project like this book was. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I like, can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, it, I mean, like I said, it was it was great. It was very, yeah, complex presentation, but a kind of simple story. It was fun. Yeah, very much, very much. Final thoughts. What do you Buy got? It. Buy it, read it. Buy it, read it, Absolutely. Read Just it twice. like smoke a little bit of weed. That could go either way because it could make you either very emotional during the book and it hits harder. Uh, it might hit too hard, you know? Nah, see what happens. It's true. But yeah, it's awesome. I have the same thing. I love this book. I read it then. I read it again you know, over the last couple of days. It was awesome. I highly suggest that you guys go out, buy it, read it support your local comic shops because you know they could use the money right now. They certainly uh, could. But uh, yeah, so next time we're going to do Frankenstein and the Agents of Shade because it's Halloween season and we're getting weird with it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's getting the Halloween season. I mean, you know, by the time this comes out, it'll be there. Yeah, that's true. Frankenstein and the Agents of Shade, 
It is, I believe, 16 issues long because it's a comic series that was cut woefully short. Laramie's the guy who wrote it. We know him. We love him. Have you ever read anything of this series at all? Uh, Nope. I just know they call him Frank. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, the Frankenstein character, based on Mary Shelley's character from Frankenstein. But then... uh, Bob Kane and someone else in the 40s was like, let's put him in a Batman comic. And then uh, Len Wein, who you might know from Swamp Thing, was like, let's make it even more wild. And had him fight as a bad guy against the uh, Phantom Stranger. And then uh, Grant Morrison got a hold of him and made it even fucking weirder in terms of one of the seven soldiers, which is a whole thing in DC Comics that we can get into next next issue. And then Laramie got it. I mean, Grant Morrison built this character, but then Laramie took it and like built a like more of a universe around it. It's awesome. I'm I really like this. I'm excited to read it. It came up when we did uh, the first book club episode because he was in Flashpoint. Yep. Uh, written by Laramie. So I'm very excited to see how this uh, this plays out. Yeah, so that's- I'm looking forward to it as well. Just coming from like, I'm just a huge fan of the book Frankenstein. So I want to see what madness this is. Yeah, it's way better than like what DC did, does with Dracula. Although. Blood Rain's really good. Uh, more, so, It's better than what Marvel does with Dracula, I guess is the way to put it. Yeah, I Marvel, feel like... No, go on. Say Marvel's Dracula is, like, kind of lame. Yeah, he's like a one-trick pony. It's just like... Bleh. I'm going to make everyone vampires. Yeah. It's like, okay. I mean, remember there was that Cap vampire. Vampire Cap. That was cool. I forget if that was the Ultimate Universe or if that was the regular universe. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. But, uh, so that's what we're doing. So catch us next time on that one. Uh, Until then, Dad, do you have anything to tell anyone uh, before we get out of here? You know, not this time. Not this time. All right. Well, I'm going to say it, as usual, uh, wash your damn hands and wear a fucking mask, and uh, we'll catch you on the next issue. Later, guys. (laughs) 